know if she was in the picture at the time that she waved, but, but welcome. Glad to have you with us today. If you've joined us online or in person, thank you for being here. Or if you're watching at some later date as this is being recorded, thank you for joining us. And I sincerely pray that God will bless you during this time that you're with us. If you're new to our service, especially if you're online, if you'll go online to, y'all have got this right, LakeGibsonUMC.com. If you go online, there's a connection card there we ask you to fill out. And if you will fill that out with some basic information, there's a list of seven charities on there. If you will check the charity of your choice, we will donate $10 in your name to that charity. Thank you even now for your generosity and for filling those out. If you'd like to get in touch with us, the best way is probably to uh, email us. LakeGibsonUMC.com is the uh, address, right? I'm, I'm sorry, that's wrong. That's the website. Office at LakeGibsonUMC.com. Office at LakeGibsonUMC.com. If you don't want everybody in the office to see the email, you can send it to pastor at LakeGibsonUMC.com. That comes only to me. So there's the best way to get in touch with us. Of course, we're in the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to 2. Phone number is 863-858-5431. And we try to post everything on the website, both on the website and on the Facebook site, so you can check those out also. Remember, Zooming the Peace has moved to Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. And the first 30 minutes, we'll discuss the things out of the leftovers. Remember, for those of you who may not know, I record something on Tuesday morning called Leftovers, which goes a little deeper out of the sermon. And then Wednesday at, uh, evening, we're going to discuss those for the first 30 minutes. In the second 30 minutes, you can fellowship, you know, tell stories, pray for one another, and et cetera, things like that. Don't forget, you can also join our Sunday school class in Miss Sue's anyway at 9.15 on Sunday mornings. And if you'd like to come in, per in person, you can join. You just don't want to operate today. If you'd like to come in person, you can join Miss Sue's Sunday school class or John Bernard and Mike Stanford's, which meets in the gym on Sunday morning at 9.15. So either one of those, we are having on-campus services. I also host a Bible study on Thursdays at 1 p.m. We're in Ellen, what is it, 2 Corinthians chapter 6? 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Ellen's one of the faithful members at 1 p.m. All of those Zoom links are on the website. Just go to the website, LakeGibsonUMC.com, click on the particular link that you need, and it will take you right into it. So, are we ready to worship God? Yeah. You ready back here in the back, Lee? Yeah. And we're ready over here, Joe? Yeah. Okay, let me start with some scripture. Psalm 150 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Uh, you've got the dancing and you've got the tambourine today, okay? All right. Praise Him with the strings and the flute. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Then it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. So let's go to him in prayer and let's praise him then. Lord, we come to you and we thank you for this day and we thank you for just allowing us to be here. Now help us to praise you with everything that's in us, to lift our voices to you, to lift our spirit to you. And as we do, Lord, may you receive the glory and the honor and the praise we ask in your name. Amen. Let go, praise team. Lead us on.
Thank you. Thank you, team. And let's see. Online. Hey, Sharon Moke. 
I guess Michael's with you too, and Phyllis and Dwight, good to have you. Kathy Rumont, they're back home from Michigan, so uh, we, we, we're looking for Hugh here next week, okay? Kathy and Leon. Karen and Jeff. Julie, all the way from Chattanooga. Thank you, Julie. Hello, Jared and Lisa Bacon. Glad to see you today. Ginger Fredrickson, and I guess CB's with her. Joanne, Ken Taylor, Betty Fisher, and Tom, and Tracy Bodemar Martin, and others on here. Welcome, glad to have you. Amen. Amen. Welcome them. Let me move up here and see. Hey, it stayed. I, I thought y'all may be in trouble for a minute. I thought it was so thick you were going to be here for a while, and it would. But hey, I want to draw your attention to something. Look at this beautiful altar. Amen, Glenda. Thank you. I'm back in Hardy County with the orange groves and everything. I, you smell the orange blossoms? You do? Would you go help me pick some oranges? We want to pick 100 tubs today, okay? No? no. Okay. But thank you, Glenda. She does a wonderful job every day, and I just want to thank her for that and draw your attention to that. And, and that's part of who we are here. I mean, uh, Frankie, was this orange grove at one time where we were sitting? Ellen's nodding her head, yes. I knew Orange Grove was very heavy in this area. Sandpiper was Orange Grove at one time. Well, if we go all the way back to the 1800s, we'd probably set oranges here. But uh, Frankie, was this Orange Grove at one time? Yeah. You don't know. You wasn't here that, that long ago. Okay. All right, anyhow. Okay. Who can tell me what we've been talking about? Okay, we've been talking about the teachings of Mother Church. Remember, we started back on Mother's Day. And we've been using the Nicene Creed to do so. By the way, the Nicene Creed is the most accepted creed there is within Christianity. It applies to Catholic as well as Protestant as well as Eastern Orthodox. Uh, uh, all of us say we believe the things of the Nicene Creed and if you wanted to tell somebody what do you believe as a Christian you could point them to this creed and this is what we believe basically and we've already talked about the Holy Spirit we've talked about the work of Christ we've talked about uh, God the Creator we've talked about the Trinity and I want to finish this up today by looking at the last segment of the Nicene Creed but one thing we haven't done together we haven't recited the creed together so I would like to put it on the screens. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're able. And let's recite this creed together. And don't rush it. Let's do it kind of slowly and allow the words to kind of penetrate into our thick skulls, uh, especially mine, and kind of resonate with us to, to understand it. So let's recite this together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end we believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified who has spoken through the prophets we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come amen amen you may be seated how many of you that was the first time you ever recited the Nicene Creed oh you're a real church then I'm the only one First time, at least, within a church setting. But this is the core of Christian beliefs. This is the standard for what the church is supposed to be teaching and what preachers are supposed to be preaching, if you will. If I were to ask you, what do you believe? If you told me, repeated back the Nicene Creed, that would be your basic Christian faith. But let's talk about what it says, because it says some things we don't quite understand. Like the first part of that second that that last piece we're looking at is we believe in one holy catholic and apostolic church holy catholic and apostolic church as soon as i say that a lot of people are thinking the roman catholic church but words change meanings did you know that debbie words change meanings and i've tried to teach you this before but let me show you how words change if you go back and look at first corinthians 13 13 which is paul's great treatises on love if you go back to the authorized king james version linda that's the one that was printed in 1603 that's the one that came over with the pilgrims when they come over it reads this way and now abideth faith hope and charity these three but the greatest of these is charity now dick if i was to go out to you and say i would like for you to show me some charity what do you think i'm doing Asking for money. Yeah, but no, Dick, would you put it in the form of a house in Tennessee, please? His barbecue? Okay. But charity kind of means, hey, I'm supposed to give you something, right? But that's not the way we understand this verse, is it? If you read that verse today, it reads this way. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Words change meaning, if you will. That, let me see if I can pick on somebody like... Justin, you may be too young for this. I may have to. You remember Michael Jackson, Justin? Okay, he does. You remember what it used to mean when you said, man, he's a bad dude. Meant he was good, didn't it? Didn't mean he was bad. Didn't mean he was evil. It meant he was really good. Words change meaning within the context of society. Well, Catholic, the way it was used there when they wrote this creed, when it says we believe in one holy Catholic church, means universal doesn't mean anything about a denomination. It means we believe in the church that Christ puts together consisting of all people, if you will. In fact, we could put it this way. How many of you have a universal TV remote that controls all the devices you've got? Or how many of you are like me and you look for a different one every time you turn around? But anyhow, if you were to go down to Walmart or wherever to buy that universal TV remote in the time the Nicene Creed was written that you would be buying a Catholic remote. That's the way it would be packaged. Because words change. So that's what that Catholic church means. It means the universal church. And who is in the universal church? I'm glad you asked that question back there, Lee. 
John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The universal church is anybody who believes in Jesus Christ. That he was the Son of God, that he came, that he died, that he was resurrected, and that he forgives our sins. That's all it takes. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say that everybody who believes the United Methodist way is saved. Or everybody who believes the Baptist way. Or the Protestant way. Or anything else. Or the Pentecostal way. It said everybody who believes in Jesus Christ is saved. That's who the Catholic or the universal church is according to this creed. That was what was important. Trusting Jesus. Not trusting a denomination. In fact, they didn't even have denominations when this creed was written. Did you know that? They didn't have denominations yet. And then it talks about being the apostolic church. What the heck does that mean, Ellen? Well, y'all know who the apostles were, remember? The apostles were those 12, actually there was 14 if you count Judas being killed and Matthias coming in and then Paul being called one. But the apostles were said to be those people who were uh, close to Jesus, who lived during the time of Jesus, and who knew him or knew about him personally, if you will. So, it says, we're an apostolic church. So what does that mean? Well, who wrote the New Testament? The apostles, for the most part. What it means is that we hold to the truth that we find in Scripture that the apostles gave us. That they handed down their faith to us through that Scripture. Essentially, this is an admonishment to the church that we need to make sure all of our things that we, we teach and all that we preach are founded on the Word of God. The Word of God as it was given to us, not as we may want to interpret it ourselves. And the Word of God has the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, if you will. So, that's why I and many other people that believe the same way am so adamant about where the church is going compared to scripture and how do we interpret that scripture when something says you shall not I think I understand what that means but anyhow um, one baptism for the forgiveness of sins notice what it did not say it didn't say how we had to baptize it just says one baptism for the forgiveness of sins in fact l let me give you a little background here that um you may not know about you know most people think of baptism they think of being immersed don't but you know in the Methodist Church we'll sprinkle it or we'll pour you well what most people don't understand and don't know is if you go back and look at history in some of the tradition when they would baptize people even in the river whoever was the baptizer the preacher they had this shell it's like a conch shell they had this shell and you would wade out into the river and they would take the shell and dip the shell up and then take that shell and pour that water over your head. They didn't necessarily dunk you. They may. You know. We were doing baptisms in the Swanee River in flood stage one time and we only lost one person but <laughs> found them down at the next, next landing there but no. Um, that was a joke anyhow. But it didn't say how you had to baptize them. It just said that you would do it. In fact, Jesus gave us that order in Matthew 28. He said this to the disciples and to you and I. Go therefore, 
Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we go. We explain the gospel to people. We ask them if they would like to be baptized when they accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and repent and change their ways. And that's always been the case. Do you know that John did this too? John the baptizer, remember, he was baptizing people. But he was baptizing them. And when he baptized them, he told them this in Matthew 3, 2. As they came out to him to hear the message and then to be baptized. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. You know, I think we forget this today. Before you're baptized and you accept, when you accept Christ, there's something called repentance. Repentance means you turn the other way and you go the other way. Repentance means you recognize that, hey, I'm a sinner. I haven't done everything I should do. I haven't done half of what I should do. I've done some things I shouldn't do and I need to be forgiven. And I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of that. That's what repentance means. In fact, John went so far a couple of verses later in Matthew 3, 8 to tell those who were coming out, you need to bear fruit worthy of repentance. Meaning once you're baptized, once you accept Jesus Christ, your life needs to do a turn. You need to go a different way. You need to be living, if you will, a better life. You have to change yourself. Um, you obey the teachings of God. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's think about this a minute. We've used this verse a few times lately, and you've probably heard it. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what he said was a sin yesterday is going to be a sin today and going to be a sin tomorrow, isn't it? I mean, come on, I'm just using simple logic here. Uh, uh, if he didn't like it in the old times he's not going to like it today so we have to be kind of careful about how we interpret sin now when I talk about sin I'm not talking about going to a dance or taking a drink or wearing lipstick Faye's like looking at me like she remembers some of those days when you know if you were a true Christian people said well you can't do this you can't play cards you can't go to movies but Ellen's nodding her head. She remembers those days, huh? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about things that are constantly talked against uh, according to God. He doesn't like lying. He doesn't like stealing. He doesn't like you cursing. He doesn't like you bearing false witness or any of those things. Um, so those are the things that we're talking about. And Jesus taught the same thing. Did you know that? Matthew 4.17, John's arrested and uh, Matthew's telling us about Jesus beginning his ministry. And this is what he says. From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Change yourself, as we put it in the Methodist or the Wesleyan way. Fill yourself with the love of God and as you do the love for your fellow man. That's the fruit of repentance, if you will. The next statement in the Nicene Creed is we look for the resurrection of the dead. I got a question back here, John. Are you looking for people to be raised from the dead tomorrow? He's, he, he's like, well... Do we really look for that? We preach it, we teach it. But are we really looking for that to happen tomorrow? It's going to happen whenever Jesus splits that eastern sky. I don't know when that's going to be. It could be the next five minutes, Jim. It may be five years. I don't know. But we say we believe and we look to
toward the resurrection of the dead. That's the basic premise of Christian church. Resurrection. When we die, there's something else. If we're Christians, we're going to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're, going to, we're going to get a new body one day. We don't know what it's going to be like other than resurrected like Jesus is. Because, hey, I need a new body because I wore this one out pretty well. And new one I think is going to have hair. But anyhow, you know, that's what we teach. But do we really believe that? Well, let me point you to something. Jesus believed in the resurrection before he was actually resurrected. Before he even gave his life on the cross. Think about something with me. He went to a tomb one day with Lazarus, his best friend in it. Remember that? Lazarus had been there four days. And as he went to that tomb, he had a conversation with Martha, <coughs> which was Lazarus' sister. And we read that in John 11. We read this. Now, this is before he died. Before Jesus died. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on that last day. That's the day we're looking forward to, he says. But Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, he's teaching the resurrection before he's ever shown it to us. But then he goes on and he shows it to us on that first Easter Sunday morning. This is important. It's the basis of our Christian faith. As Paul said in one place, if there is no resurrection, we of all people are to be most pitied. But there is. In fact, Jesus taught his disciples this, and he reminded them of this resurrection in John 14, in that upper room. Read these verses with me today, or let me read them for you. But think about them in terms of resurrection. Jesus said to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places or mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Does that sound like resurrection? The way we teach it? Go ahead. Was there more on that one? No, that's it. Okay. But then the Apostle Paul also reminded us about the resurrection. Romans 6, 5, he said, If we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be raised to him in a resurrection like his. Resurrection is essential for the Christian faith. But do we really look for it? I've got to be honest with you. Somebody said this to me. Um, we've had a couple of funerals here recently. And that seems to be what I try to remind the families. Remember, the person that we see here is with Jesus. There's a resurrection day coming. That gives us hope. That gives us an assurance that this is not a finality. Death isn't over. Death starts a new beginning somewhere else. And that's a hope that we can hang on to. And the last part of the Nicene Creed says... And we also are looking for the life of the world to come. But are we? I'm getting a bus up out front. Everybody can go get on it. We're going to heaven immediately after service. How many going right now? Come on, go. Come on. Let's go. Well, hey, there's a couple of you going to get on it. Okay. 
Yeah, but for the most part, we don't really want to go right now, do we? We don't. Do we really think about the life to come? Do we think about the, one day that eastern sky will split and this is going to be over? That the world's going to end as we know it physically. And it's going to be a time spent with Jesus. You know, Paul kept trying to remind us of that. He said this in 2 Timothy 3. He said, you should know this, Timothy. In the last days, there will be very difficult times for people who will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Have you turned the news on lately? Did this sound like something we could actually be reading today? Yeah. So we need to kind of be careful. Now, here's the question I've got for you. If we actually believe this and that Jesus could come anytime, don't we want to take as many of them with us as we can? Shouldn't we be out there telling people, hey, God loves you. God died for you. Quit rejecting him. Please accept him. You don't have to come to my church. Just accept Jesus. Go wherever, go wherever you want to go. But accept Jesus anyway so that you can come with me. Paul reminds us that this new world that he talked about here in the Nicene, or was talked about in the Nicene Creed, that we look for that new world coming, he reminds us as a fact. It's not a dream. In 2 Thessalonians, he says this, and this is a little bit long, but I think you can get the drift. As to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and of our being gathered to him, we beg you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or by word or by letter. Just told it right there a minute, David. In other words, just because I don't show up tomorrow, or Jesus don't show up tomorrow, don't, don't think he's not coming. He's still coming. Okay, go ahead. As though from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. Let no one deceive you in any way. For the day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the lawless one is revealed. The one destined for destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. So that he takes his seat in the temple of God. Declaring himself to be God. Do you not remember that I told you these things when I was still with you? In other words, Paul is still preaching the same thing he told them before. And you know what it is now, what is now restraining him so he may be revealed when his time comes. For the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work, but only until the one who now restrains it's moved, removed. By the way, that's the Holy Spirit, just so you get that. Okay. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth, annihilating him by the manifestation of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is apparent in the working of Satan who uses all power, signs, lying wonders, and every kind of wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. In other words, hey, Jesus is coming back. And hey, there is going to be a reckoning, if you will. And hey, if you want to be saved, you need to be on the right ship. Which is Jesus Christ. Paul's telling us that. So, 
Here's what I want you to do in light of the Nicene Creed and what we've talked about today. This week, I want you to think about something. Has a church, has Lake Gibson United Methodist Church, how are we doing at being that holy Catholic and apostolic church that we claim we're going to be? How are we doing at keeping the faith? About welcoming people who may not be Methodist? About being apostolic and telling others the good news about Jesus Christ and believing the scriptures. And maybe I could take it even more. How are you yourself as an individual Christian doing it, doing that? Are you bearing the marks of repentance? Are you living a life worthy of the calling? Are you obeying the scriptures? Is your life changing because of your faith? Because it should. It should change every day a little bit because of your faith as you say no nah, I, I can't I can't do that that's not right or I've got to love that person even though they just rejected me whatever it may be is your life changing and are you confident in the resurrection do you know it's coming and are you looking for the kingdom of God to come again and are you ready to say what we say many times Maranatha come Lord Jesus come quickly are you willing to say that even this day? There are the things I challenge you with this day. Pray with me as the praise team comes forward. Lord, we thank you for this day. And Lord, even this day, we thank you that you have reminded us through this great Nicene Creed that you are the great God, the God who loves all people, and that you are a God who even today offers us salvation. Even this day, Lord, there may be one here, I just pray with them as they say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from unrighteousness. Make me whole and I would like to make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for what you do in that prayer, Lord, that you bring people to you and you rejuvenate them, restore them. As we come now, we pray that you would refresh each of us in that way. And help us to truly be able to sing this song of praise that we're about to sing. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. That you have freed us from sin, from selfishness, from everything. And you have filled us with your love. We ask in your name. Amen. Stand and sing and praise. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. As the, choir, or the praise team leads us.
let Brick go praise team. You may be seated. Hey, did you notice something? Did you notice even in the words of the song, we're reaffirming parts of the Nicene Creed. One baptism for the repentance, my chains are gone, I've been set free. Hey, I'm looking forward to the day they're coming when Jesus is mine and I'm his. Talking about the new day coming, the resurrection. I hope that somebody said something one day to me that, you know, why are you going through this? The reason is I want us to remember where we're from, what our foundation is, what our theology is, what's true, what comes from the scripture. And it actually comes out in songs. But now that you've heard it in a creed, now you can take it for yourself. And when you sing the words, you can remind yourself, hey, that's what we believe. That comes from these creeds. Just a little extra there. Christy, tape that part. We'll use that for leftovers. <laughs> um, don't forget to support this ministry. You can send your donations to Lake Gibson United Methodist Church located here at 424 West Daughtery Road, Lakeland, Florida, 33809. We're glad to have you here anytime you'd like to come. Our services are at 1030 on Sunday morning. Or you can go to our website, which is lakegibsonumc.com. There are various ways you can give there. You can give a one-time gift. You can set up reoccurring gifts. There's even a text number there that you can set up text giving. That text number is on the screen, 833-758-0308. Don't forget to Zooming the Peace on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., the Pastor's Bible Study Thursday at 1, and our Sunday schools at 9.15 in person here on campus with John and Mike's class or Miss Sue's class, and Miss Sue's is online at 9.15. So, prayer requests, uh, we hope you've sent them in. Before we take those, is there any prayer requests from the people here in the congregation? All right, give me a praise, Sarah. My great-granddaughter Your great-granddaughter was born this morning at 6.30. Did they wake you up at 6.30? Did they wake you up with a phone call at 6.30? Oh, they, you got a text message, okay. From the other ground, okay. My, the world has changed, isn't it? You remember, Ellen, you remember that? Mom, we're in labor. Now, you, 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 some of y'all remember those things? The, the phone ringing, Mom, we're on the way to the hospital, or Dad, we're on the way to the hospital. Well, most of them were, hey, you had a, you had a grandkid two weeks ago while we're over in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we praise you, praise you for that. Praise God for that new life. Any others? Praises or concerns here? Yes, ma'am. Debbie? I'm sorry. Yes, welcome, welcome to all of our visitors today. Poppy and others, welcome for being here. Amen. You can give them a hand. That's fine. Okay, Christy. I don't think I've announced this, but uh, Sandy's husband, Jerry Sandfield, passed away Friday. So... Uh, we want to pray for the Sandfield family, for uh, Sandy especially, and the sons, I believe it's Trey and Jeff, and their families as they go through this. The Gower family, Dell's service was this Friday. We want to continue to pray for that family. We want to pray for Myrtle Olsting, uh, Betty Fisher, Patsy Lennon, Nate Beebe, Rick McClellan, Barbara Allen Cole, Linda Gibbs, also want to pray for the upcoming pastor transition. You know, we're Methodist, and in the Methodist church, every July means some churches 
lose pastors, some get new ones, some retire, etc., etc. I think there was 26 yesterday that retired. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm staying for a little bit. Yes. Okay. Hello. No, 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 no. We're, we're we're praying for these. We're praying for these pastors that are transitioning to other churches or these churches that are losing beloved pastors and receiving new ones. Praying that um, God will guide them. Each of those. Any others, Christy? Joanne Beebe's asking us the prayer request for John Ross Fields, K. Fields' son, 59-year-old with severe medical problems. K. Fields was a member here for a long time. Tracy Bodemar Martins, good morning, Lake Gibson, asking for traveling mercies for my sister Carrie this week. Uh, you're here, so that must mean you're going back. Haven't you figured out that this is God's country yet? <laughs> this, this in the Smoky Mountains. Okay. Uh, Ken Taylor, an update on her sister Ray. Awaiting results from a biopsy of the left leg. She's had one removed due to diabetes already and was asking us to pray for the other. Okay. And prayers for the Shelton family. Grandpa Shelton passed away Thursday. Okay. That's it. All right. Join me as we go to God in prayer. Lord, as we come before your throne of grace this day, we thank you. We thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ which ran down that cross at Calvary and that washes us white as snow. Thank you that we can come to you and that no matter what we've done, your arms are wide open to receive us home. Even now, may we feel your hugs and your precious kisses as you dote on us, if you will, as you just pull us close to your chest and say, you're my beloved child. And help us to live as such. As we come, we know that we are instructed according to your word. To lift needs before you. So we lift those needs that have been mentioned this day. These people that are suffering because of a loss of a loved one. For the Gower family, the Stanfield family, the Stanton family. Lord, we, the Shelton family. We lift them up and just ask you to be with them. And we know they're not the only ones. We've turned the news on recently and saw the three people that drowned in Tampa. We lift their families before you. Others that have been killed in acts of violence around the U.S., we lift their families before you. And all those who have to deal with these circumstances, the first responders and the police officers, the medical technicians, the doctors that have to see this, we lift them before you too. As we come, we lift these that are in need of a special touch for Patsy and Linda and Betty and Nate and others on our list, Lord, that are undergoing treatments or awaiting um, diagnosis like Barbara Allen Cole. We just lift them each before you and ask you to guide doctors and caregivers as they make decisions and help these people to feel better and to attain a better quality of life. Now, we pray for those who are moving, those pastors that are moving into another church, those churches that are receiving new pastors, or those who may even be retiring. Even now, be with them and guide them as they make their next steps and plans this day. And may your church grow. May those who are receiving new pastors receive them in love, and may those pastors also go 
with a sense of sending that this is where you would have them and you have something for them to do and may they be the spokespersons they need to be for God in those situations. Now go with us and help each of us to also be the spokesperson you want us to be to tell others, to show others the good news of Jesus Christ's love for everyone. We ask in your holy name. Amen. Amen, and that concludes our service. We hope to see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, for Passing the Peace. And were you going to send us off with a course? Okay, send us out of here with a course. Do the course twice, okay. Now, am I supposed to dance? Sure. My chains are gone. I'm